Welcome back. I did it. I did it good again. Man, I hate when you do it. <laughs> Why? The, the, the little blue lines on my recording audio, it, it makes this cool, uh, like, hourglass shape when I do that. It's pretty sweet. That, wa- that wavy wave? Yeah, that wavy wave, if that's what we want to call it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, welcome back to Pardon the Punctuation. Um, it's, it's been a week off because I had emergency appendectomy surgery was um last last week (laughs) that was no fun man no fun at all i even tried to go back to work today no bueno um i had to leave a little bit early because it was i was not comfortable sitting up that was like my first day of not being laid on a couch Uh, i did the best i could and it wasn't enough to get through the whole day but i get back after it again tomorrow see what i can do What'd you do that for? Why'd you have to go do that? Why Why would you do that? I mean, it's something I definitely did on purpose because, you know, who who wants to keep a stupid appendix? I knew you did that on purpose. Yeah, because that's even something that people are remotely capable of doing. I knew you were remotely capable of doing it. I knew it all along. Man. They have one. Whoa. I knew you were. What are you doing over there? I, I had to fix something. It's all good, though. Fancy and the Pansy. Yep. Well, well, I guess you're ready to get started. Uh, looks like the game is officially over, uh, so all my stats are going to be a little bit off. But um, let's get started talking about some Reds. It's all right, because I'm saved by the... It's all right, because I'm saved by the... It's all right, because I'm saved by the... I'm going to keep playing that intro because I still think it's going to help us. That one's for you, Brandon. Um, so oh, yeah, the Reds it. were one and eight when we last recorded. And um, when I wrote up my notes, uh, we stood at nine and 13. Now we are nine and 14. Um, since our last episode, we did sweep three against the Marlins at home. We went one and one. That's winning music. All right. And then we went one and one against St. Louis and Mexico. Uh, then we swept the Dodgers. Uh, we were, sw- I'm sorry, we were swept by the Dodgers. Um, three games in LA. Uh, La La Land. Um, we did take three of four against San Diego. And now we have uh, split the series and looking for the rubber match here against Atlanta. Um, in all these games, pitching has been nothing short of phenomenal. I think you'd agree um, with both the starters and the bullpen for the most part. I would say so. Um, before this game, uh, the Reds had a 3.31 earned run average, which was good enough for the fourth best in baseball, second best in the National League. We had only given up 17 home runs. I don't think we gave up any home runs tonight, which is the best in baseball. Um, actually, there may have been a home run on the first pitch of the game. I can't I'm not remember. Sure. I signed up for some uh, uh, MLB press box, so I hope we can get some some more stats from there too. So, well, in any case, um, that was before the game. Uh, it was best in baseball at 17. Um, we have a 1.22 whip, uh, which is walks and hits per innings pitched, uh, which was ninth best in baseball, fifth best in the National League. Um, 
so pitching overall for this season has has been great. You can't really ask for much better. I mean, maybe a little bit better ERA because it's you know only fourth best, <laughs> um, and and that walks and hits per innings pitch was the ninth best, but still, and to be in the upper echelon, I would. I mean, and you know some of those major stats there. I think there's still some um, pitchers that we need to worry about. Like last night, last night Hughes Hughes was just not he didn't he didn't have it last night. Hughes is a goofy looking dude. That is true as well. Yeah, he's kind of goofy looking. <laughs> but no, he uh he's been he's not been the same Jared Hughes that he was last year. Um I, I think the biggest liability out of our bullpen is Zach Duke. Yes. And I, I still wonder about David Bell pulling some of these guys after one batter, especially a guy like Amir Garrett. I think he's chomping at the bit for more innings pitched out there. Amir got and to David Bell's one, like got to throw one pitch last night, and then he, he it's si- silly. That's silly to me. That's not a dude you bring in for one pitch. No, absolutely not. He's too gassed up when he goes out there for one pitch. That dude wants to pitch against Ed, like there's not anybody in baseball at this point in time that I think he's scared of. Oh, there's not a single person, not a single person he's scared of. He'll take anyone so and everyone on. It's it's frustrating to me to see him go out there and only get enough work for one batter, and he's done that multiple times this year. And I'm sure he's super frustrated about it too. But of course, he's not going to say anything. Absolutely. So. No. Well, and that's kind of indicative of who this team is right now, which, you know, we got to see firsthand last night with, you know, I'm, we're going to get to our batters, but right. um, kind of along the same point that you're talking about, Jesse Linker, you know, gets pulled when bases are loaded. He's had one of the hotter bats on the team, and that's not saying a whole lot, but um, gets pulled with bases loaded for the better matchup, at least according to analytics, which would be the recently called up Philip Irvin. Um, he was mad. You could tell he was mad. Oh, he wasn't happy. And he, it, that lasted all of about five seconds before Philip Irvin got a walk and Jesse Winker right back there on the rail cheering him on, probably louder than anybody else in the dugout. He threw his uh, he threw the uh, the the weight donut. donut, yeah, right out out onto the field. He was upset, but yeah, yeah, like you said though, he he came back and he he was a team player about it. So you can't ask for much more than that. Now, with all that said. Our bats are still cold, and keep in mind these stats were as of uh, after last night's game, not uh, not tonight's game, um, as we are recording here post the uh, Wednesday night game. But uh, the bats are still cold other than home runs. Um, after Tuesday's win, we had the MLB worst batting average, um, just barely over 200 at 201. Uh, we only have three players batting over 250, which included Philip Irvin, who <laughs> had all of two plate appearances. Um, we had uh, Jose Iglesias at 286, um, who's become an everyday player for the most part, and Kirk Casale at 267, who's our part-time catcher. Everyone else, nine players, is uh, uh, not everyone, I guess. Nine, nine players are at 200 or better, um, which would include the uh, players previously mentioned, and also Tucker Barnhart, Derek Dietrich, Joey Votto, um, Eugenio Suarez, Matt Kemp, and Michael Lorenzen, who's gotten not a whole lot of plate appearances. Um, and then we have five players batting under 200, which include Yasiel Puig, Jesse Winker, 
Kyle Farmer, Jose Peraza, and Scott Shebler. Now, we also have 31 home runs already, led by Jesse Winker at six, and then Derek Dietrich with five, two of them into the Ohio River, which should be making their way down here, I, I think, this week, oh, uh, yeah. at least according to that that science <laughs> breakdown that I saw of the uh, the float time. <laughs> yeah, that we mentioned a couple weeks ago. If I could find that again, yeah. I'm not sure if I still have that in my phone or not. And then uh, Eugenia Suarez also has five. Um, so, you know, we got we got guys hitting dingers. But we we haven't had a whole lot of small ball. My name is Albert Costello, and I hit dingers. <laughs> so I don't. It's frustrating. It's definitely frustrating to watch because you know that unless there's a home run, we're not going to put runs on the board. Although uh, this series against Atlanta, you know, there was definitely a rally last night, as we saw in the aforementioned. Uh, you know, bases loaded situation where Jesse Winker got pulled. Uh, that was definitely a rally inning. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to string together a rally tonight, although five hits. There's, I'm looking at the final box score right now. We, we had five hits, which is better than a handful of games at least. That's true. Uh, yeah, that baseball is supposed to be here on April 28th. So we get about four this more days. Week. Yeah. Four more days. Four more days. Now, um, we, we did also mention that Philip Irvin was called up. That's because Matt Kemp injured his ribs, jumping into a wall in San Diego. Um, I keep referring him to him in my own household as Old Man Kemp. And then I, then I went ahead and looked up his age, and he's all of 34 years old. Oh, so, no. <laughs> oh that makes me the old man. Uh, that makes me uh, his age. So, oh, that's yeah. right. You are 35. Yep. Yeah, I forgot. I will be 35 in June. So. Oh, well, I am yeah, that's, uh, so. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I'm old. Um, also, Nick Senzel debuted in AAA Louisville last night. He went one for five with a single. Joey Votto, um, this past, uh, I, I guess it was last week now, um, he hit his first career pop-up to first base in his 13-year career which was 1,592 games. A um, couple quick stats here for you because I found these wildly intriguing. Um, he's only had 89 pop-ups in his entire career. Uh, 2% of his 4,456 batted balls were pop-ups. And 1.3% of his 6,829 plate appearances ended in pop-ups. That's crazy, right? That is absolutely crazy. Um, it's I, I just can't wrap my mind around it. I mean, almost 1,600 games without ever popping up to first base. Now, an interesting counterfact to this that I read was because he's a lefty, Lefties traditionally don't pop up to first base very often. So there is that to keep in mind. They pop up more traditionally to third base because, you know, flip side of the batter's box. But still, that's crazy. And, like, the next active player who's anywhere near close doesn't have any of these statistics. Like, it's this might be an untouchable record. Didn't he break some sort of record? Like, wasn't it last year he did something for the first time? Um, 
Maybe popped up to the catcher. I think that's might have been what it, it was. Because when I read that stat, was, when I read yeah, that I stat, I was like, it, yeah, I think that's why it even became a talking point last year is because yeah. he had not popped up in his entire career before last year to either the catcher or the first baseman, and now they were only mentioning first baseman. So I think it may have been the catcher last year. Yeah. Okay. Because when I read that stat on Twitter, I was I was like, wait a minute, hold on, is, am, am I reading a tweet from last year? But yeah, no, it, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's the first time he just popped up to first. I I pop up to first all the time. So, I don't know, man. I mean, obviously we've seen, you know, not a huge sample size of this season yet because, you know, I mean, we're only at this point, what, I think I said we were 9-14. and 14, So, we're 23 games in on a 162-game season. There is a ton of baseball left to play. We still don't have what it could – I mean, I don't know that anybody thought that Cassidy was going to come out to this kind of start that he's had this year, um, although I did love – Fox Sports catching him flicking off somebody like one of his teammates in the dugout, jokingly. I love um, that. last night. That was fantastic. Uh, the, so but, like, the only other time I've seen that is uh, they caught Marty Marty B flipping somebody off from the other press box once, and I have that. That's hilarious. I just love that Tom Brennan didn't even know what to do with it and just kind of stuttered, cleared his throat, and moved on. Like he had no idea what to do with any of that. But um, no, I mean. We we expected Castillo giving you know being given the uh, the ace role the opening day starter role um, we expected big things of him but I don't think anybody expected this um, as we discussed with Clay Snowden of Locked On Reds um, you know before the season even started but we're also missing Alex Wood like we still have a starter who's going to bump ideally Tyler Malley out of the lineup and send him back to AAA which. You know, there's some things he needs to work on uh, by some, most of the games that I've seen him pitch at this point, which is all right because he's been formidable. He's not been terrible. But I think it's going to be nothing but a good thing once we have our rotation in line, not to mention Nick Senzel. He's down in AAA. There's some speculation that maybe he gets the call up. Maybe he doesn't um, based on still some uh, contract things with arbitration and what have you. Um and then we also still have Scooter Jeanette coming back in what looks like to be May. He did address the uh, the public via the Cincinnati Reds Twitter page the other day. Uh, I think that hit Facebook as well. But there's a lot of things still coming up that's going to do nothing but help this team out where, you know, some of the things that we're having right now, what looks to be lineup issues, some pitching things that could get better with the addition of Alex Wood. Um, I, I see nothing but up for the Reds right now, and not to mention we started 1-8, and eight, now we're at 9-14, and 14. so quick math, that's 8-6. and six. Uh, We still won four of our last six games. There's some good things going on here. I don't do math very well, but yes, you're absolutely correct. There are some great things going on. That's and all I, you got. No, that, I mean, I just, I don't do math very well. You know that. Come on. I mean, is there anything that you've seen that you've liked? <laughs> There's a lot of things I've seen I've liked, actually. Um, and one of those things being... Um, oh, really? David Bell himself. Like, that guy... First of all, he's not afraid to make a bunch of changes. I mean, we have rotated pitchers. And we talked a little bit about this, like pitchers getting just one pitch or, or one inning. But he's rotating pitchers like... Like it's it's nothing. Like he can just pick another picture pitcher out of his pocket and just oh hey go go up on the like 
I guess he, well, that's part of having that's analytics. part of having eight pitchers, like eight relief pitchers in your bullpen, yeah. as opposed to some people traditionally carrying seven to have the additional guy on the bench. I'm also liking his energy. I mean, I know we're we're not doing very well in the win column, but his energy, like he's he's not afraid to come out of that dugout and get ejected or. Uh, fight for his players. He's not afraid of that at all. And I think if he continues to do that, that's going to continue to light a fire fire underneath the players. Um, you know, continue that. Hey, he's here for us mentality. And hopefully, you know what I mean. Light that fire and get something rolling here. Get the bats up. Well, even when we were even when we were losing, you can make the argument that the fight was never gone out of these guys. They were losing, no. you know, one run games, two run games, as we discussed on our last podcast. Correct. Um, and kind of outside of that, you know, this guy's been ejected twice and the guys still look like they're having fun. Even when they were losing, they still looked like they were having fun. Um, you know, everybody seems loose out there. Nobody seems, you know, outside of maybe Scott Shebler who can't hit the broad side of a barn right now. Um, Peraza's starting to come out of his slump, although he did record the last out in tonight's game. Um, seeing it, some of these guys who are struggling, even, you know, I mean, I mentioned all the players that are batting under 200. You see the passion that Puig is playing with. You see Jesse Winker getting mad that he couldn't be out there to hit, and he's batting under 200, but he knows he's got a good bat. Um, he had a couple of hits tonight. And, um, you know, Dietrich, you could, you could argue Dietrich might be the heart of this team right now. Like, he's the guy that You're gets correct. everybody going. You're correct. You're 100% correct on that. And I'm, I think you got a, I think you got a clip on that. On Dietrich? Yeah. Oh, I don't have that pulled Did up you know, right now. You didn't, you didn't pull that one? All right. No, I, I pulled up the, I pulled up the, the Puig one. Um, but I can get it for you real quick if you talk about it. But also, um, one of the other things, um, Oh, shoot. I just forgot what I was going to say. But basically, what I was going to say is that you're right. The players are not giving up. Um, they're still in this game. The The last time I saw a player get upset about not being able to, to hit was back with Devin Mesoraco when he destroyed that helmet. You know what I mean? We haven't seen this kind of energy, this kind of wanting to play um, out of players in a, in, in a few years now. And, um, you know... We talked about a certain player last year who's no longer on the roster who did not have that energy. He didn't care if he played. They, you know what I mean? He who shall not be named. Yeah, he who did, did not hit any homers. Um, he, he, It's a different energy. I mean, last year on this, like I said, last year on this podcast, we were talking about guys didn't want to play. And now we're talking about guys who are upset when they don't get to play. So. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about Homer Bailey. Who were you talking about? I was talking about Homer Bailey, yeah. I said a guy right, who doesn't well, why hit, would he any hit any homers. <laughs> I said a guy who doesn't hit any homers. Doesn't that make sense at all? Up. He gave up a bunch. Right, but he didn't hit any homers. Okay, you're right. I should have said a guy who who hits homers. But, yeah, here's that audio clip of what you're talking about right here. I, I caused this scene right here. <laughs> 66, number one in my heart, though. I caused that. <laughs> so he's talking about the Cincy Shirts t-shirt uh, where they turned they turned that fight scene into a oil canvas painting um, yeah. and put it on a t-shirt, and he's pointing at it. Because uh, Puig, this is the second time in pregame Puig has worn this t-shirt. Um, he loves the t-shirt. That's a great t-shirt. Yeah, it says uh, 
on it underneath it says El Guerrero Rojo, which in Spanish means the Red Warrior. I might have to pick that up uh, down at Cincy Shirts. I don't. I just don't usually wear baseball tees, so you know those those three quarter sleeves. I don't usually mm-hmm. wear those, but yep. I guess I'll give it a shot. They're good ones. I like them. Well, of course you do. You're skinny. We do also. Well, we do also have the clip of um, Yashel Puig um, apparently enjoying his time in here in Cincinnati after last night's game and showing some love to the Reds fans. If you want me to go ahead and, and hit that one. Yep, yep. Looks like you have so much fun out there, and the fans love it, and they feed off of your joy out there, don't they? Now, when I said thank you to all the fans here in Cincinnati, Ohio, come here and support myself and support my teammates. That's good for myself and for my teammates. And we're going out every day to do the best we can to the fans feeling and enjoy the game because we play for, for this city and we do the best we can to try to bring the team to the playoff. Congratulations on a big night. Thank, thank you. you I like Yasiel. He's a he. I hope we can sign him. Well, funny you say that. I did see a hot take tonight, and the guy who who said this actually does the uh, the Locked On Reds podcast. Um, his name is Jeff Carr, and earlier tonight he was saying, uh, "I gotta find it here." Um, hot take. The Reds are working on an extension with Puig. Dude bought a house. They've had a bobblehead day scheduled for him since he was acquired. Now the ticket package. I bet they get an extension done. Um, I'm okay with that. Now he said, he also went on to say, I don't have any sort of inside info, just trying to connect some dots. So I don't mean, it's not the worst take that I've heard. You know, I mean, the Reds have definitely spent some money on players that, didn't have the same passion and drive. I'm still a little leery of Puig when he says things like, hey, I'm on a contract here. I'm going to try harder than I've ever tried before. But anybody who's seen Puig, you know, in his time in L.A. or read on Puig in his time in L.A. knows that the guy does go hot and cold really quick. And, you know, that's nothing that we've shied away from talking about even here on our own podcast. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely love what I see out of the guy. I see some of the fire. Like even tonight, you know, he, you know, he's, he, you see the passion every time that he plays. Uh, he was, he missed a ball. He misplayed a ball and he was super down on himself when he came back to the dugout and Tina Roark picked him right back up Yeah, they just and had some words TV with him. Again. And yeah. you know, I mean, he just letting him know, like, I would imagine the conversation went a little something like, Hey man, I know you're out there. You're hustling. You're trying. Don't worry about it. We'll pick it up even though they didn't, you know, that's a great mentality for the team to have. No, you're absolutely correct. And, uh, I'm going to reach out to the, the guy who seems to happen to have the, all the, uh, hot, hot takes or hot info or all the, the rumor mills. I'm going to reach out to Coryville Carl and see if he has any information on the Puig contract. Coryville Carl might be my favorite new secret of Twitter. And we'll get to that a little bit more here and you see, but well, that dude, I can't handle anything the dude's putting up there because he's like the biggest Cincinnati insider I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it's the most underrated yeah. Cincinnati insider. And he With only like has seven followers. followers. And he's always right. <laughs> always, like an hour before the news breaks. Yeah, he's 
always right. He knows everything going on in the city. I feel like he should be like Sean Casey should actually hand him a plaque that says new mayor. New mayor. <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit more in Bearcats. Um, in any case, the Reds have one more at home against Atlanta. Um, Atlanta now standing at 12 and 11 after the last two games. Um, so they got the rubber match here tomorrow. And then, you know, this team has been on the road so much, and that's going to continue as we have three more in St. Louis um, through uh, going through Sunday. Um, St. Louis standing at 13-9. and nine. And then we have four against the Mets. And that series, I believe, is in New York. Yes, um, so that that series is in New York, and that's starting on Monday. Um, and that series is going to be four games there, um, and the Mets stand currently at twelve and ten. So we we do have. I, I mean, there are teams that are winning, although again, they're only you know, and those stats were as of last night. Um, and but they're each of those teams are only twenty two games in, so you know, it's nothing that I'm necessarily super worried about. Like, oh, these are crazy winning teams. I, you're right. I, I hope they just. I just hope they get on on a winning streak. I want to go to a game. Well, I mean, can we go to a game? Even if you can chip away, even if you can chip away, like maybe you're not necessarily winning like seven in a row, ten in a row. But if you can put together some winning streaks as far as series go, you know, I mean, against the Mets, if you can come away from from the Mets, you know, three and one, um, come away from St. Louis. God, I mean, we're always begging for a winning series in St. Louis, not necessarily a sweep. But if we can put together a winning series in St. Louis, um, that, that'd be really good to see this early in the season, especially with a team that's been struggling with the bat. I kind of want to so, sweep. I don't know. Yeah. There's, um, Alex Wood, while in San Diego, was pitching. Um, I, I think he was pitching bullpen sessions. I don't think he quite had moved up to simulated games. And I haven't heard anything since. Um, but there's some good things there. Uh, I would imagine that he's at least in AAA to do some uh, – some rehab work here soon, which is nothing but a good thing. Ain't nothing but a good um, thing. Bye bye. Also, as of last night, we were four and a half games back behind first place St. Louis. Um, but actually, they were fourteen and nine, not thirteen and nine. I'm sorry. Um, so we're four and a half games back on them as of last night. We'll see how everything breaks down after uh, tonight's games, but not necessarily out of anything early in, in the season as we were last year around this time. Correct. Correct. Last so. year at this time we were, we were done. Yeah. I mean, I obviously, you know, anybody who follows us on Twitter knows that you had super fast fingers for every other play. <laughs> Thanks. Um, we were both tweeting last night from the account, but, um, <laughs> Anything else, anything else you got on the red? That's all I got, man. All right, let's talk some UC. They have one timeout left. 23-year-old Tony Pike waits for the snap, has the football, short drop, lobs one down the sideline for Bins. He's got it! Touchdown! 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 Armand Bins catches a perfect... They have one timeout left. 23-year-old Tony... Good Lord. So... The Bearcats are being super cryptic today on the Twitter. Hashtag Pike to Bins. Hashtag Pike to Bins. 
So apparently the 10-year anniversary is coming up here. Everyone's got the eyes. What do you mean the eyes? Everyone, like everybody was tweeting, like uh, men or, I don't know, like I think it was like Bearcats football was tweeting eyes. Uh, Mike Bone was tweeting eyes. Like the old Bearcat eyes? No, like the uh, the emoji. Oh. I'm interested in seeing... So, we had that question tonight on Twitter before we uh, before we started um, from... Uh, is it Go Bearcats? Um, what... You got, any, you, got any, you got any thoughts, man? You got any thoughts on what this hashtag might be? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but last year they brought in the Sugar Bowl team, and oh, most of the players were there that had made the Sugar Bowl team. You're right. That, have, that were that were part of the undefeated season. So I, I can't imagine they're going to do that again this year. Um, I was there at the game when they brought all those players in. Marty wasn't there, unfortunately. But Marty's actually, uh, oddly enough, <laughs> um, he was FaceTiming with a friend of mine um, from his, who had a connection. Um, a friend of mine played for Boston College, a coworker of mine, actually, out in New Jersey. Um it went to Boston College and was a starting wide receiver for Boston College back when uh, Keekley was there and everything. And uh, he's got some friends that play arena ball, and they're playing arena ball with Marty Gilliard. And he was having a FaceTime conversation with Marty Gilliard the other day. Yeah, Marty um, was. He uh, thought uh, Marty was live on Instagram uh-huh. uh, while I was doing a radio interview. Um, I think it was yesterday. Um, there, yeah, he's playing. I don't remember what the team is. And I think it's the IFL. The Indoor football league. It's up in it's up in, up in Massachusetts, which is where my sister lives, actually. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interestingly enough, Fun but um, yeah. So as we got sidetracked, but I don't think they're going to bring in the team again. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Even though it's a ten year anniversary, then why'd you bring everybody in last year? Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I Unless do. I'm off about them bringing in the Sugar Bowl team. Maybe they brought in the the year prior. That made it to the what the Orange Bowl against Virginia Tech. Yes, that was yeah. I have the I have that. Hood. So I do enjoy so that they, they bought they, the uh, the PikeToBins.com website though. I enjoy that. Is that a thing? Yeah, they bought the website address. Hmm. You can buy a website address uh, anything, and they bought that one. So. Well, I'm curious. To see, I know a lot. I saw a lot of people saying that we should have a. a a statue made of that catch because I don't know that we're going to see another at least undefeated season even if we lost the bowl game to the Gators and Tim Tebow that year um, but outside of that one game the regular season we were undefeated I don't know that Cincinnati is going to ever see an undefeated season like that again I guess we'll find out Although in 11 days 13 hours and 45 minutes well while we're still talking about football I did want to drop this in there um you see this week actually landed Cole Rain's Deshaun Pace, who is a defensive back, a three-star, ranked by most people who do those types of rankings. Um, and it actually moved us, that one signing apparently moved us from number 77 to number 35 in national ranked recruiting class, um, on, at least on one of the websites that I was looking at. That's a huge jump. How, about, one that guy, how about that guy looking dead on Justin Jennifer? He at number three, oddly yeah. enough, as well. Somebody on Twitter was like, did he just reinvent himself so he could have another four years of eligibility? I need to see both of them in a picture together. I don't know that I believe it. 
it's crazy. <laughs> it's... Now, the bigger news uh, since our last podcast coming out of UC, the basketball team has a new head coach. Mr. John Brennan. Uh, from your alma mater, actually, correct? Uh, go Norse. Norse up. Yeah, absolutely. John Brennan, um, he... Uh, he had NKU eligible for the tournament uh, for three years and made it two out of the three years to the tournament, which one of those years, the very first year, they had to play Kentucky. And I will say they did give Kentucky a run for their money for at least the first half. Well, I mean, even this year, they were giving anybody who played them coming out of a, a Power 5 or even, you know, Cincinnati. We we talked before that game even happened that we were nervous about that oh, game. Yeah. Although it didn't turn out to be a game to be nervous about. No, it's, I think, so I know a lot of people have a lot of opinions on this, um, but at first I was, I was kind of like, oh man, we, was that on heart and emotion, you know, because of the success he's had the last three years. Uh, but the more and more I think about it, the more and more his his style of play, uh, that's going to be exciting here. That's going to be uh, that's going to be real exciting here in Cincinnati. Well, it's kind of along the same road of the Zach Taylor hiring, and I know I compared this the last time before we'd even made the hire, but people were we want Marvin out of here. We want somebody with a new, fresh mindset. We want an offensive guy, and now that Zach Taylor's here, they're like. Uh, run him out of here. We need to do this. We need to do that. Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't, no one's ever happy. Same thing is kind of gone with the John Brandon hiring. We need an offensive-minded coach. Well, you got an offensive-minded coach. Why isn't it Nick Van Exel? Why does it have to be him? I, this dude has a proven track record in collegiate sports. Not that Nick Van Exel hasn't been a coach because he was a coach in the G League, now an assistant coach for the Memphis Grizzlies, but this guy's actually done it and recruited and put together a program that's succeeded in, you know, division one. Nick Van Exel doesn't have that type of a resume, even though he is of this school. Now, should he have gotten an interview? Absolutely. He should have. Absolutely. will not argue that at least as a courtesy and to show that you do appreciate the alumni wanting to stay tied to the program that they helped build. That should have happened and shame on Mike bone for not giving him that interview. However, when you look at resume, apples to apples, there is one that dwarfs the other. No, you're right. That's my two cents. Well, no, you're absolutely correct. Um, and, you know, you, you, you kind of said it, you kind of mentioned it, that Nick did not get an interview. Um, and a lot of the former players, alumni, were upset Um one of them being extremely vocal, uh, Kenyon Martin, um, saying mm-hmm. that he gives the University of Cincinnati an F plus, which thank you for the plus, Kenyon. I, you know, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Um, in the hiring process, and I think I think a lot of people forgot to read that part. The hiring process. I don't. He didn't. He didn't say the hires. Um, then he went on to say former players are not happy about the hire, um, and then. One thing that I think, I'm sorry, I can I can only hear like when I talk with the phone no, conversation. Sorry, I cut you off. Um, but one thing that I wish that they would have done in this whole process is similar to the NFL having their Rooney rule is to 
I think NCAA teams, because you don't have necessarily a very large bucket of coaches that are of minority because they've never been given those types of opportunities. So you don't have these up and coming minority coaches. I think if you give that opportunity with a similar type rule where you don't just have somebody who has their mindset on who they have, even if he knew he was going to hire him the whole time because he already knew what the resume looked like, there still should be a better hiring process in place for giving people of minority that type of opportunity at all levels, including, you know, obviously the NFL, but even, you know, the NCAA. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody was, and I, I understand exactly what you're talking about, I don't think anybody was really complaining about that, but I I, I thought you were going to go a different route with that, but um, I, I wouldn't mind also, uh, if you want to add on to that rule, giving, you know, former players a chance at least to interview um if they have an interest in it in, in it i think you, you give them a chance to interview um and i think a lot of people are running off the emotion of let's hire nick because of what's happening at memphis with and we talked about this you know two weeks ago Penny hardaway and all yeah, that right Penny hardaway and that's just not it's not working out for them so why try to replicate that here what just happened what do you mean it's not working out for them well, I mean, let's be honest. They're, I mean, they're getting some they're recruiting, leaning, but they're not that great of a player. Very good recruits. They're leaning very good recruits. I I just didn't see it when we were sitting behind the bench. So, <laughs> well, that's because Mike Miller was doing most most of the coaching. That's true. So I got distracted. Um, Houston's up ninety four to ninety three with fifty four seconds left. Who? Houston. Mm. Yeah, but okay, right away. Fuck. Right away after Coryville Carl announced that hire, um, an hour before anybody else, um, Terry Nelson put a tweet out, uh, Bearcats alumni alert, all former Cincinnati men's basketball alumni meet Monday at BJ Restaurant in Tri-County. We have much to discuss. So I And think that that's restaurant is all of like three-minute drive from where I reside. And it took everything I had not to actually show up and look like a creeper, just trying to see what the hell was going on. I asked him if I could go. He, he didn't respond. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, yes, there was, a, there was a lot of former players upset on Twitter. Um, Eric Hicks being one of them. I don't think Terry was one of them. I don't think Terry was upset either because Terry did – he did tweet later on, congratulations, Coach Brennan. Welcome to the Bearcat family. I, recommend I think he was trying to get everybody like behind the hire. That's what I think like, he was hey. trying to do, too. That's what I he think was he was nothing, trying to I, I don't think he was anything but respectful in a, in a very loud, vocal way on Twitter in regards to everything going on and all some of the guys uh, speaking out like against – like he made sure to mention Corey Blunt, who was very vocal. He made sure yeah, to mention yeah. – Kenyon Martin. He made sure to mention um, some of these other guys. Uh, I, I don't know if he actually mentioned Hicks or not, but I mean, Hicks wasn't quiet about it, it until he actually deleted some of his tweets. But I mean, I think that what people were this this next line. Uh, I recommend the first bridge that you build would be to hire Nick Van Exel as an assistant. Like, what what bridge does he have to build? I think that's where a lot of people were, were getting a little upset, uh, or who well, th- maybe thought that Terry was upset. So sometimes you should do things not necessarily because you have to, but because they're the right thing to do. Right, right. Yeah, and right. Mike Bone interviewing Nick Van Exel and at least entertaining it and seeing what he had to offer was one of those things that he should have done because he should have done that. Now, 
Mike Bone was not here, to my knowledge, in any capacity when Nick Van Exel was here. So he has no actual personal ties to Nick Van Exel outside of maybe shaking his hand when he was here to accept an award. Yeah, yeah. What, last year? Yeah, uh, two years. Well, yeah, it would have been last year. Uh, no, two years ago, I'm sorry, when they celebrated two the 92 ago. team. Yeah. Well, Nick did Nick did show up to a game last year, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh, he did. That You're right. Um, I think he so showed maybe, up in Memphis. Maybe he shook hands. Yeah, maybe he shook hands then. Um, in any case, like I said, I mean, it's it's not necessarily something that he had to do, no. but it's something he just should have done. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's just a, a, it's a better PR look, if yeah. nothing else. And B, you don't end up with the outcry necessarily. I mean, obviously, we we can't know if the response from the alumni would have been the same regardless. But it's just you should do these things by people who are trying to stay tied to the program they helped build. Yeah. And then Nick Van Exel did re- respond with a tweet, uh, Good morning, tweeps. I haven't used that one before. Uh, first, I'd like to say congratulations, Coach Brennan, on becoming the next coach at UC. Everyone has opinions, and that's fine. And everyone is gonna is not going to like everyone's opinions. That's also fine. The opinions are showing me that everyone has passion and wants the best for the program. Nothing wrong with that. What shouldn't happen is division. Let's welcome him and welcome and help him succeed for our program and for stu- student athletes. He did a great job at NKU. Let's give him a chance uh, to do a great job at UC. Peace. Now, with all of that said, do you really think that it's going to make, a, unless Nick's ultimate goal is to be a collegiate coach, whether here or elsewhere, because if he's here as an assistant, as good of a look as people think that might be, it's going to be a ton of people chomping at the bit for Nick to get the reins from Coach Brandon. Let's be completely real about that. But yeah, you're right. if it's if it's not his ultimate goal to be a collegiate coach of any college, do you bring him from NBA assistant, where he's probably making more money, to UC assistant? Because. If you're asking me, I don't think it's I don't think it's good for the program to have a guy that everybody wants to take over the program as your assistant. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right because I mean it, we talk about the Reds again. Um, no, you know we didn't want Barry Larkin to become um, you know a hitting coach or anything like that because we actually wanted him to take over the team one day. So you're you're right. I don't think you want. You know that I still don't. I still have no desire for Barry Larkin to take over this team. Yeah, not unless he not unless he takes over a program that's already winning. Okay, that's fair. P.S. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I don't want anybody to tarnish our legacy. Nick Van Exel included, Barry Larkin included. Yeah. I don't want anybody to tarnish our legacy by coming home to take over a, for lack of better words, a shitty club. Um, and you know, just kind of put a, a black mark on the legacy that they've left here in this city yeah you're right and that was a lot of people's concerns um about possibly bringing in uh nick as well so you know you're absolutely correct so with all that said some of the other news um you see did hire a new assistant coach today um sean dwyer from nku 
Dwyer was with John Brandon for all four years at NKU. Um, he was also uh, next to Brandon four years in Alabama when Brandon was there. So a lot of familiar ties there. So that's a that's a very if you want to t- try and tie parallels, that's a very Mick Cronin, Larry Davis hire. Okay. Um, hopefully, hopefully he's not the same type of a creep that unfortunately Larry Davis turned out to be. Um, and I still hold my own reservations on some of that story, but yeah. um, there are three assistants that are speculated to be hired. And this is the first of those three hires. Um, that's not that there are other two other hires that people are speculating that it's going to be hired, but they just think that UC is going to be hiring a, a total of three um, main assistants. Um, also news this week, Karen Cumberland has entered his name into the NBA draft and signed an agent. Now with that all said, we won't really know until late May if he is coming back. But the new rules of the NBA, he can still come back. Yes, he can, and that's that's like that's a good thing. Um, I don't think any of us were not well, expecting I mean, uh, Jaron to at least test the waters and see where he thinks he might go in the draft. I still uh, don't think he is going to get drafted in the first or the second round. I, I just don't, I don't see him being as good as Gary Clark was and Gary Clark didn't even get drafted. I mean, well, we all know this. He was, a, let's be, he was a free agent. Let's be, let's be all the way real. When I saw that Norwood state, AKA egg savior, who should be had, super happy about the Brennan hire. Cause now they're the second best uh, team in the tri-state area. Um, so. when, when they had four starters enter their names into the NBA draft, I knew Jaron oh, Cumberland yeah. was going to be entering his name into the NBA draft. For sure. For sure. Absolutely no reason for him not to. For sure. For sure. No, you're absolutely but, correct. Uh, it would be silly for him not to, um, especially the way the rules are currently. And get a, uh, get a feel, get a feel for how the whole NBA draft process works. And if you come back, Next year, you don't really have any surprises. You can go into it almost as a well-groomed veteran at that point, um, both in the as a senior graduating and as a guy who's already been through the process before. So it's nothing but a good thing for him to kind of go through that process. No, you're correct. And um, something else I wanted to share, just going back a second here, because um, I think this might get you excited. I don't know if you've if you've read this or not. Um, but going back to the whole um, John Brennan hire, um, again, uh, Corey Blunt was very vocal uh, about the hire. Um, and then somebody had tweeted him and said, you know, where are these alumni? You know, wh- why, aren't you guys, why aren't you guys around um, the team more, basically? Um, and he tweeted mm-hmm. back and he said Mick didn't promote that. That was not his forte. He didn't allow his players to play in the summer league. No midnight madness. No alumni game. That did not fit his agenda. Um, he said no midnight madness. So he's making it sound like that was a Mick decision. Um, do you think the midnight madness might come back now with John Brennan? I would love for that to happen. Like if we if we started like a hashtag bring back midnight madness and just like well, everybody I th- started tweeting I, I with think, 
I think Varsity would be all over that first and foremost. Oh, for sure, Varsity, um, uh, I, Bearcat Journal, yeah, they'd all be over it. I think that it it literally uh, early games in the season, um, and even more so the season prior, student turnout for games was lackluster yeah, at oh yeah. best. Oh yeah. And the more that we can get the kids out of their cell phones and into the game is going to be nothing but a good thing. No, you're and right. if these kids who don't share classes with these guys and maybe don't have some of those actual like personal ties to these guys on campus can find those ties through things like March Madness, what's it hurt? It doesn't hurt anything to have a, you know, just a, uh, an event like March Madness. Or I'm sorry, not much of it. Uh, Midnight, Midnight Madness. Madness. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know. Mick tried to do that thing on Fountain Square once, and then they took it down to um, the. That's banks not on once. campus, though. You're right, and it's not. It's during the workday when the fans, you know, the fans who've been the fans for years can't make it down there. Midnight Madness was the always on a Friday money. night, yeah. wasn't it? Like Friday into Saturday. I, I'll be there, and I bet you you pack that gym. Like I bet you you pack that yeah, gym. Yeah, for sure. There's no reason not to. Uh, then maybe that's when you start bringing some. I mean, if John Brennan wants to try to make a, a connection with these alumni again, which it sounds like he does, because he did say in his interview that this this is you know this is their team. He invite everybody, yeah. literally invite everybody. Do you, maybe you can get an alumni game going on during the midnight madness. Maybe you can get a. Um, uh, uh, we, they used to do a dunk contest, uh, you know, back in the days. Even if you didn't do, White. even if you didn't do any of those things, if you had just a game of horse or a three-point contest, where it's not like a physical game, right? You know, some of these guys right. are getting a little older. Um, you know, you have like a three-point contest or um, around the world, or you know, some of these non-contact games. You, I think no. that would do nothing but be a good thing for the program and invite everybody. You know Mel will go out there and try to jump over a golf cart again. Mel applied for the assistant coach position if we are to believe his Facebook post. I believe his Facebook post. I concur. I applied. I didn't get a phone call. In any case. Yeah, um, sorry. I didn't mean to take you off that, but I was fl- flipping through my phone and I saw that and I was just, I kind of got I got excited again. That's why I saved it about the possibilities of a midnight menace. Let's see it come back. I think we're on the same page. Yeah. Um, Rashawn Fredericks and Nysir Brooks, they both entered their names into the transfer portal. Now, Rashawn Fredericks was a uh, JUCO player, if I'm not mistaken, um, that came in. um, And he had only played one one year with us. Um, I'm not sure if he was a JUCO or if he was a D2. I think he was JUCO. but he had he's entered his name, and uh, Nicer Brooks has also entered his name, um, who was our starting center. Um, both again can still come back if they don't go anywhere. I think it's a bad move. Um, maybe not so much for Sean Fredericks. I think he struggled to find where he fit with this team. Um, I think he would see more opportunity as a scorer with the new uh, direction of the program. Um, but Nicer Brooks, I think we're going to. Well, I think it's going to be a we both miss each other after the situation's all said done and over. Yeah, and you you mentioned the new direction of the team. I 
that's the other thing. I mean, we uh, uh, Lojo. I mean, he hasn't put his name in there yet, but Logan Johnson. This John Brennan's style of play is something that Logan Johnson can thrive in. The same could be said for Samari Curtis. Samari Curtis. The same could be said for Jaron Cumberland if he comes back. I mean, he will hit two K this year. He'll be the third player. Is it third player? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to hit two K. Um, he he will hit it this year, and first hit, player since SK. Yeah, and what do you, what he averaged last year like twenty points a game, something like that. Roughly, I, he, he could probably average thirty points in this in this program. Well, I think you're going to see where we would normally have a game finish somewhere along the line of you know a fifty nine sixty five victory. You're going to start seeing maybe a slight drop off in the defense, but again. Uh, actually, not again. Um, I'm referring to a clip we haven't played yet. We'll get there. Um, but these guys haven't forgot how to play defense just because Nick's not here. <laughs> and you'll hear – actually, just play it right now. Um, let me pull that back up uh, because you, you went on to a different topic and I thought we weren't going to talk about that for a second. But, I know. I'm sorry. No, nah, that's all right. That's all right. I'm getting it real quick because I also wanted to pull something else up so that I'll find it real quick. Well, while, while, while Ed's looking it up, it's, uh, it's Trey Scott talking about the direction of the program and essentially mentioning that uh, they didn't forget how to play defense. They're not going to forget how to play defense. I mean, that's something that Mick instilled in them. Um, so, you know, that's not something that's just going to just go away, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Here it the is right here. They should be running a lot faster offense. Yeah. Here it is right here. One thing I could give credit to Coach Cronin because he instilled in everyone's head defense, defensive rebound, defensive rebound. So, I mean, that's not going away. Uh, I know we're all still going to have that mentality, that gritty mentality. And with Coach Brennan coming in and, like, spicing up the offense, like, we combine that together, I know we'll be very dangerous with the pieces we have coming back. So, I don't have no doubt in my mind at all about us falling off, flopping or anything. So, yeah, that's uh... – Trey Scott talking about how he, he they're still going to play defense. That's still the and UC way. That's, that's prime example number one as to why Trey Scott might be the best leader on this team. Uh, you're absolutely 100% correct. I, I'm I'm so glad that he's not trying to go into the draft because he's, he's going to change this team this year, I, I think. so. Yeah, well, he came up learning behind a very, very good player with a very similar skill set. That's and yeah. and Gary Clark. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely correct. And um, speaking of Gary Clark, the the Rockets did just beat the uh, Utah Jazz, um, so they're moving on in the uh, playoffs. So good for congrats, Gary. Yeah, Gary. Yeah, I thought um, I said Jacob for a second. I'm like, what are you talking about, sir? <laughs> now the Bearcats did have a couple of visits this week. Um, that have not been officially reported, but have come out via um, some of our media um, people that we follow um, on Twitter, notably uh, Bearcat Journal, Chad Brendel, and Justin Williams. But uh, Juco standout David Sloan of Logan, which apparently would be like a huge get for us, um, as there's lots of teams coveting his skill set. And IUPUI grad transfer Cameron Justice, who averaged 18.6 points per game last year. That's uh, that's a good thing, and I think, uh, yeah, though, no, my you already said that. Sorry, my headphones are cutting out, but um, I mean, yeah, why not? And 
I think we'll also probably get a three pointer that shoot this three point shooter this year because um, I don't think John Brennan's done. Uh, I think he's he's still looking. Um, he's probably th- just from the interviews he's done and you know from his past over at NKU. Um, that guy is probably in his basement right now. He probably has a home office. Um, probably has a jersey hanging up above his desk um, of maybe Bobby. Um, but he's probably in his home office right now um, making phone calls to coaches, JUCO yeah. coaches, high school coaches. I don't know if he's a lot of Players. high school coaches. But yeah, he's probably calling people right now just trying to build a team. Um, you know, he's probably preparing for what if Jaron does go to the NBA. So Correct. You know, or what if Samari Curtis doesn't come here? Or what if Samari doesn't come? Right, and Samari is because I've heard, I've heard, you know, conflicting reports of people saying that he hasn't said anything yet. Some people are saying he's requested his release. We don't know. Maybe Coryville, Coryville Carl can give a phone call and, and let us know. So while we're bringing him up, because I have nothing left on UC before we move on, I have one more um, thing on UC. Of- I have one more thing on UC. <laughs> Mick had an awkward press conference in UCLA. Have you heard it yet about how he describes fun? No. Here it is. Style of play. This is here's here's how I spell fun. W I N. Okay. And offense, defense, win. Style of play. That joke fell on deaf ears. Here in Cincinnati, people would have been. He would have got out. a courtesy laugh. Yeah, he would have got a courtesy laugh here. I think not in L.A. There were some laughs there, but I think it was also the really was that a joke? Kind of grumble, but yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Hollywood Hobbit in prime form. Oh, um, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> good point. Sorry, <laughs> Coryville Carl. <laughs> this dude. So I reached out to this dude. If you haven't followed him, he's a fantastic follow. I swear to God. Um, He knows everything that's happening in Cincinnati before it happens. I'm not sure if he's not Illuminati at this point, (laughs) but I did reach out to him. And I think you saw the conversation on our Twitter um, that I had via the DMs with him. Uh, Yes. Apparently this dude... So in the conversation I had with him, he didn't feel to me anything short of like a 50 to 60 year old man um, with nothing better to do apparently than to cold call to find out what's going on with different programs. That's exactly I don't what know doing. if we're being trolled by an upper power who's hiding behind every single logo in the city or what. But this dude blows my mind. If this ends up being Chad Brandle behind there, I'm going to laugh so hard. I don't think it is. Chad, or what if it ends up being Mick's brother? I don't think it's him either. I think it'd be funny if it was. The guy was excited for our follow. He was excited to have the follow, like, to follow back. He didn't know what a podcast was. I had to explain to him His nephew has how to download a podcast. Coryville Carl, I hope you're listening. Um, if so, we would actually, I, I think I speak for both of us when I say that we would love to have you on the show. Um, at least to try and see who this mystery man really is. I think it would make for a very entertaining podcast. 
and I would call it nothing short of Corey Vilcaro at that point in time. Um, but yeah, the dude is in the know, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't know what he means by he's just cold calling um, where he's getting the, his his sources. <laughs> um, but he he knows everything before it happens, and it's fantastic. He just tweeted a little bit ago. Um, seems I cannot. This was actually, a little bit ago, it was twelve hours ago. Seems I cannot win on Twitter. I joined three weeks ago at my nephew's discretion. Told you all good news. Was told to stop tweeting. Was told to stop tweet bad news. So I tweeted some good news, and I continue to be harassed. What gives? Um, tweet him right now and say we love you. Okie dokie. I did just tweet him and ask Don't. him if he knows any. Oh wait, he did respond to me on that. By the way. Tell him not to ever stop. Don't stop being you, Coryville. Don't stop yeah. being you. Yeah. He did. I did tweet him and ask him if he has any news on the Tweeg or Tweeg Puig contract. He said, "Boy, that is a great question. Uh, I do not, but we'll check." So he's probably making phone yeah. calls right now. Probably. Um, we need to get that dude on the show. Maybe make him a part of the uh, part of the punctuation family. In any case, let's. Uh, there's there's a draft here tomorrow night, so let's let's talk some Bengals. I was trying to type. Can't lose. Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. Let's hear it, gentlemen. Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. Let's go play some football. Let's go. There's not Singapore. This is our good coach Taylor, our good old coach Taylor. So the Bengals schedule was released. I'm not going to go over every game. I'm just going to point out a couple things. Um, we are tied for the 27th easiest schedule, at least according to last year's final records at the end of the season. Um, we do have one primetime game, which comes week four, Monday Night Football at Pittsburgh. Um, we have one away game in London week eight against the LA Rams. The bye comes week nine, which is after eight games and before eight more games. So right smack dab in the middle. And oddly enough, we have no Thursday night games. Hey, I'll be right back. You keep talking. This, This plays very well into Andy Dalton's hand as he, traditionally does not play well in prime time and i'm pretty excited to see how this will all actually go down for the cincinnati Bengals here in the 2019 2020 season now with all of that said the nfl draft is thursday night so SB Nation compiled 97 mock drafts from a ton of sources. And after that compilation, they ended with 27% of those mock drafts, giving us Devin Bush, the linebacker from Michigan. 26% of those mock drafts going to Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback out of Ohio State. 12% of those mock drafts had us taking Devin White, the linebacker from LSU, and 33% 
of the mock drafts had us taking what they call other, um, which seven or less votes for a player was considered other. Um, now, with all of that said, 27% to Devin Bush, 26% t- having us taken Dwayne Haskins, 12% Devin White. Um, Devin White is also projected to, um, as the number one pick for Tampa Bay at five, and Dwayne Haskins is projected to the Giants at six on that same compilation. Um, so I don't know that we're necessarily going to get any one of those three players. Um, other names to look for, because things are really starting to shake up right now. My wish list, if um, any of these players were to follow us, you run to the podium. Tyler Murray at quarterback, Josh Allen at edge, or Ed Oliver at defensive tackle, outside of those three names that we've already mentioned. Now, realistically, any of the other names that you may see the Bengals take tomorrow night at the 11th pick, if we do not trade back or trade up, as many people are actually speculating that we trade back, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because we already have 11 picks, and that seems like an insane amount of picks, mainly due to our five picks in the sixth round. Um, But tight end TJ Hawkinson, tight end Noah Fant, defensive tackle Christian Wilkins, offensive tackle Andre Dillard, quarterback Daniel Jones, quarterback Drew Locke, offensive tackle Cody Ford, defensive end Rashawn Gary, Edge rusher Brian Burns, offensive tackle Jawan Taylor, offensive lineman Jonah Williams, edge rusher Montez Sweat. Um, nobody really has any clue what the Bengals are doing here at eleven. Oh, yeah, uh, Dave knows. Lapham, <laughs> Dave Lapham, who's predicted the Bengals draft pick for like the last three or four seasons in a row now, um, says that we're taking offensive tackle Andre Dillard at eleven. With that said. I don't even know how many sources that Dave Lapham has in the building with Marvin Moses' regime gone. Um, he didn't use the pick uh, until the last couple of years, spot on. Uh, maybe it's luck. Maybe he has somebody on the inside, but I don't know if he is as in with either Zach Taylor's inner circle or uh, Duke Tobin's inner circle. But in any case, it would be very interesting to see what the Bengals do tomorrow. It will be super interesting. I think I'm gonna. Uh, we will watch again. Do you want to? Do you want to do live on Instagram again uh, when we get up to our pick? I am going to be out. Yeah, you're gonna be uh, at end game. Going to, yeah, going, going to see a movie. All right. Well, I'll go live on Twitter, and if anybody wants to join, or on Instagram, and if anybody wants to join in, just shoot that message over. Did you figure out how to do like all of them at the same time yet? Uh, I think I did. Yeah. All right. I'll we'll do that. Coach Taylor did have his first voluntary practices today. I had zero time to look into that as today was my first day back. And when I got home, I went horizontal and watched the Reds. So here's what I know. Here's what I know about it. Uh, Carlos Dunlap, Dunlap rode his mm-hmm. bike across the bridge uh, to go to practice. Just trying to make weight. Oh, that's on that's what he's trying to do. But yeah. Cool. Well, that's all I got. Um, if I had to make a pick, um, I'm going to go on the record as saying I don't want Dwayne Haskins, and I know it's going to upset some Ohio State fans, but I like the quarterback draft next year. Um, we have Andy Dalton for two more years. I don't like Dwayne Haskins uh, here right now. Um, no, I agree I, with I would you. Rather, I would rather we wait until next year to join the quarterback carousel, as I know that the uh, quarterback on a uh, – 
rookie contract is way better than an Andy Dalton on a veteran contract at this point. Um, now, with all that said, I don't know that Andy Dalton's going to take a crazy contract like Ben just did, and Ben Roethlisberger just signed for, I think, three more years, $30 million a year. I don't think Andy's looking for that kind of money. I think he's looking to win because uh, he's not that. done that here. I cannot believe but, they did that. I can't either. That was crazy. Especially after um, all the players leaving because of because of him. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me whatsoever. Um So in any case, in order, the people that I want to come here that I covet the most, um I don't think Josh Allen's gonna fall to us. I don't think Kyler Murray's gonna fall to us. I think that's crazy. That's not even a pipe dream. That doesn't even make sense. Um, the one player that I think may fall to us that I would love for them to run to the podium for would be Ed Oliver, um, even more so over one of these linebackers, um, Ed Oliver being a defensive tackle who plays much in the same likeness as Geno Atkins. Um, and people are saying that he could be a you know game-changing defensive tackle. I think that would be very interesting to see lining up next to Geno Atkins and kind of give him a new life um, and see what we can do with two defensive tackles coming at you the same style that Geno Atkins already does. Um, and I think that 11 is a very high pick to be taking a linebacker that you don't know is going to necessarily be a game-changer. With that said, my number two, though, is... Devin White, if he falls to us, and Devin Bush as, uh, as my third. Um, outside of those three guys, I don't want us to trade back and get more picks unless we plan on using some of those picks to move back up. If we walk out of this draft with 11 picks, I'm actually going to be super frustrated because there's no way in hell we have 11 holes. And what you're going to end up with is a player along the same line as the uh, the kicker we drafted in the fifth round a couple of years ago who ended up in Philadelphia winning himself a uh, Super Bowl ring. Oh, I can't think of his name, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. I can't remember his name right now either. But in any case, that's my two cents for whatever that's worth. So I know you haven't been following the draft here real close, but we'll have to talk more so once the draft is over next week about the guys that we did draft. Well, I think what they need so to do is I'm just gonna... trade both their picks for Baker Mayfield. Gross. Get out of here. Okay. Well, I'll take it. That makes sense. I thought They're not trading him. Come on, man. Let's talk FC Cincinnati. For soccer, yeah, yeah, we are a new city. Do you believe in a new Cincinnati? Cincinnati is big enough for soccer. Yeah, yeah. Do you believe in Ryan guys? New bars, new bars. So funny. It's still funny. So <laughs> I love it. Uh, so since our last show, we lost to LASC. Uh, final score is 0-2 in LA and then we also lost to Real Salt Lake here at home uh, 0 to 3. I don't know if you've had a chance to catch any of these matches but I did watch the entire LAFC match. I watched um, a little bit of it, yes. Which one? LA, LA. or Yeah, the LA. Real Salt yeah, Lake. LA game. Yeah, LA. Uh, what I noticed in the LA match is that Maddox was the entire offense. Like, That's everything fair. ran through Maddox. That's fair. SCC um, actually played a very good game. Um, LA didn't score their second goal until very late, actually in uh, 
the uh, carryover time is that's not what it's called. The uh, the uh, extra, extra time. Yeah, the extra. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they uh they gave up twenty two shots to LAFC that night. Um, seven of those were on goal, and they only took seven shots, and two of those were on goal. You're not going to win a game like that. No. Now, now, as we did, as we discussed before that game uh, on our last podcast, LA had is, I, I don't know if they're actually leading the league in goals, but they were a very tough team offensively and defensively. Um, we just we had a couple close calls. We just weren't able to actually get it in the net. It's, now, yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, I just. Go ahead with what you're going to say, because what, what I'm going to say is probably going to make more sense after after what you said, you're going to say. I was just going to move on to the next game. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. All right. So we outshot um, Real Salt Lake, uh, fourteen to ten, but only one of those shots were on goal. Whereas uh, Real Salt Lake's uh, they had they had seven shots on goal, uh, and that makes a, a huge difference when one of fourteen is actually on goal versus seven of ten. Um, they just they got to figure out a way to kick the damn ball at the goal, um, and it not just be Maddox all the time because it's really easy for that many players to kind of converge on one dude. Um, and the only other thing of note that I had uh, from those two games before we talk about a little bit more um, outside the uh, the games um, is Kendall Waston, who's supposed to be our captain. He's got a yellow card in each of the last two games, so he's got to just kind of watch some of the things he's doing on the field to try and not get those yellow cards. Um, you know, kind of lead by example here, man. Oh, you know I'm all about getting a yellow card or two. That sounds about right. Old Ed comes out. Yeah, absolutely. No, what I was going to say, and, and so it's this has been coming out this week um, from a lot of FC supporters. They're, they're, they're back on the bandwagon of firing Coach Koch. Um, and they're now like fighting against each other. Like there, there's people on this Bailey page, Bailey supporter page that I, that I'm on, 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 on Facebook. And like, they're complaining about, they're complaining about people or they're complaining about how long the, 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 the chants are or, or the, the songs they're complaining about there being too many people in the Bailey. They're complaining about having to stand the whole time in the Bailey. They're complaining about the smell of the smoke. One guy said he wanted something that's maybe more of a perfume flavor or, or a scent. Like there is the go sit somewhere else, man is the luster of FC Cincinnati starting to fade away before we, you know, in our first year of the MLS, um, are we going to start like just fighting each other? Like fans are going to start fighting each other. Like it, it's starting Here's to feel like thing, a Cincinnati man. team. You're <laughs> in your first year. You're like, yes, we've had a lot of success yeah, in yeah. a very short period of time. Yeah. In the MLS. Yeah. We're now, or uh, before, I'm sorry, before we even got to the MLS. Now we're here with the big dogs as the inaugural team. Rome was not built in a day. No expansion team is uber successful pretty much across the board in any sport. Yes, you might have a, a you know, a, a random here or there where they, they hit the nail on the head. Exactly. But generally speaking, 
you really don't find a whole lot of success in that inaugural year or even in the second sophomore year. No, you're correct. That's got to be a thing of patience. Like, if you really expect us to sweep the MLS by storm, you're sadly mistaken. And we talked about this um, before the season even started. The average new ML or the 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 average of uh, what am I trying to say? The average uh, wins um, of a new MLS expansion is like three wins, and we're already at what? We're already there, I think. At least two. I think we're at at least two. Yeah, I mean, so we're already doing a a little bit better than than they expected. I, I think I think fans just need to to. Just calm down. Just you know, the, as as Puig said, everything's going to be fine, guys. Everything's going to be fine. And just let this let this team build. Let this team grow. Let this team, you know, get their legs underneath them in the MLS. Um, they're still fun to watch. It's still fun to go to a game. Um, I still love all the supporter love. Like, I still get like chills when every time a new video comes up of just the of each game, the fans taking over the streets uh, and marching, you know, into the stadium. I still get that, you know, that chill. Let's just let's let it marinate for a little bit. Let's let it just, you know, things will work out. It'll be fine. That's I don't know that. Coach Co- firing Coach Koch is going to be the answer for anything that anybody's no. looking for. No, no, not at all. As for how many people are sitting in the Bailey, well, if you don't have a ticket, you I, I'm, it's not easy to get by. the. I sit there for football. I can't imagine that it's easier to get down into the Bailey during the MLS than it is for UC football. Um, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. So there should be only one person per seat down there. If there's too many people, then find a seat in another section. If it's, if you, <laughs> none of these things make sense to me. The other thing they were complaining about was there's too many flags, and then and then another another day they were complaining there weren't enough flags. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, when you sit in the bailey, you know what you're getting yourself in for, right? Correct. Like like when you buy floor seats to a wrestling match or to a basketball game, you know that you're not going to be at an angle and you're probably going to be looking at the back of somebody's head the whole game. That's what you if expect you go, when you go to a Bailey. I assume you mean WWE wrestling match. Yeah. You might get you might get wet. That's Triple H may spit his spray at you. That's true. Or, you know what I mean? Like, people sling water bottles. Like, that's a thing. You're going to complain about it, bitch and moan after the fact? Like, that's like man, that's I'm like, so mad that I was in second row and I got wet. That's like going Shut to up. SeaWorld and sitting in the front row and getting upset because Shamu splashed you. Man, I was so mad I went to Kings Island and I hopped on the log flume. I was in the front and I got wet. I would. I watched three... I watched three log flumes go. Not the first person got wet. I sat there because I didn't think I was going to get wet on a water ride. You should Shut probably up, write man. a strongly worded, strongly worded letter to the to Kings Island. Anyway, I got um, on the I got on the antique cars and they didn't go faster than five miles per hour. I'm upset. There are more stadium issues coming up, mostly with zoning, as people at the West End feel deceived by Jeff Birding and company. What do you feel about that, man? <laughs> I, okay, I don't mean to sound insensitive. This happens every day. P- 
people literally sell there's their not bil- been a day that goes by with some type of issue with the with the no, stadium i mean so i know the complaint is that now people have to move out of their apartments because the the person who owns their apartment building sold it and it's going to be you know something else now this happens every day and i'm sorry i don't mean to be insensitive and i know it's not the most uh, well, this is what people. This is what people vocalized. Those they were worried about gentrification yeah. and people who were in affordable housing. That yeah. there's only certain sections of the city that are zoned for affordable housing, and they're basically being pushed out of their affordable housing. Where are they supposed to go? What's your What's your solution then? My solution is that there's going to be affordable housing somewhere else. Um, I guess I don't know. I'm not. I'm not in that game anymore, but it's going to pop up somewhere else. I mean, this, like I said, this stuff happens every day. Think about all the places that were in OTR that were, um, people were living in that was affordable housing. And now companies are buying those buildings from their, their property owners and turning them into restaurants again, or turning them into breweries again. I mean, this, this, stuff happens every day. So that makes me sound insensitive and I apologize. The closest, but the closest thing I have to this is the the condo complex that I currently live in. Uh, there used to be it used to be literally built around the property of a restaurant. Yeah. And since that that restaurant was sold and wiped out, and they started building landominiums on this little bitty property that one restaurant used to sit on. And with all of that said, you have all these landominiums being built into literally people's backyards. Yeah. And grant, granted, we're in condos, like they're townhouse style condos so no one technically has a backyard per se but what they moved into what they once had is no longer that same thing no you're right no i mean and that makes and sense it's it's not necessarily a direct parallel but it, it's the closest thing that i have going on in my personal life right it hasn't affected me necessarily but people of my community that i live in are outraged by it they don't have the room for fire pits and things that they used to have <laughs> because now there's a land dominion there yeah, and the same things happened over here by my house. I mean, there was a farm right next to us, and um, it was recently sold, and, and now they're putting more housing in. So now people are upset because, you know, people on my side, they Traffic. used to back, well, and their backyard used to back up into a farmland. Um, now it's going to probably back up into somebody's backyard. Actually, it's, it's a big hill now. They put a big uh, dirt mound. Um, but you're, you're right about that too. Now there's going to be traffic on branch Hill and there's going to be, you know, they had to put a new intersection in and, 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 and unfortunately because of the construction, a little, uh, quickie stop down here, like a little drive through sort of place, uh, went out of business and that place was awesome because they gave me lollipops every time I went through the drive through. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, and that's. I think that's where where my point comes in is this just happens every day, and I'm like I said, I'm sorry if that makes me sound insensitive, but it, it happens. Well, not every day. not that it's un- it, it is unfortunate. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, because oh, yeah. I don't know how long that housing has been there or how inconvenient that is for the people living there. However, when you're trying to build your city, and these are the things that are voted upon, it's it would have it. Somebody, any like in any of the places that they chose, whether it would have been Oakley, whether it would have been Northern Kentucky, whether it would have been the West End, somebody somewhere would have been affected in a way that negatively impacted their lives. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Unfortunately. Unfor- yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing that, that that's coming out, and I don't know if you're going to mention or not, 
is now that the now city of Cincinnati and the Cincinnati police are talking about they're going to have to shut down one of the roads um, for all games and how how much now that's going to cost. They're, they're going to have to shut it down or it's going to cost them a lot of money to police that road um, for the game. Since now I think the city of Cincinnati is just looking for another way of trying to get money out of them out of um fc cincinnati again you know out of out of the city of cincinnati is going to be getting money from fc cincinnati through taxes because they're going to tax the hell out of everything around the stadium already oh yeah absolutely it's 10 percent it's a 10 percent tax around the stadium they've already decided that before they even broke ground yeah i can't talk about the stadium anymore man well and then okay then we won't talk about u.s bank arena either so well, that place would be demolished anyway, but that's a whole other story for a whole other day. Yeah, a whole other thing. Next game is Saturday, 427 um, at 7 p.m. against the New York Red Bulls. Uh, the New York Red Bulls have lost four of their last five matches, um, and they did draw that fifth match. Um, they have also only scored three goals in their last five, and they have gave up seven in those same last five games. So if you're looking to right the ship, Hopefully this is a team you can do it against because it doesn't look like they have a lot going on for them on either side of the ball. Um, Currently we stand in eighth place of 12 in the Eastern Conference, which is six behind D.C. United. So there's still something to hang your hat on as being an expansion team. Um, And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that's only one place out of playoffs if you're looking big picture. There's still a ton of season left to play. I don't think firing Coach Kosh is the answer. No. That's my two cents. No, it's not. What's round third? Oh, I don't... We, we, we need a song. Can you please can remind you me to do that? that? That's that's your that's your job this week. Yeah, that's not my job this week. I'm going on vacation. Get out of here. Here, so, Side note. <laughs> side note, we're not going to be recording next week because that's going to be somewhere in Alabama. Well, and side note, we're already at an hour and 25 minutes for this podcast, so you might want to listen like half this week and then half next week when we're not there. Good luck. Yeah, good luck with that. Ed. Yes, sir. Have you ever had an IV? I have not had an IV, but I know that you recently have. I did. It was my first time. Have you ever had surgery? I'm assuming not since you've not had an IV. I have not had surgery. An IV? Yeah, I didn't enjoy the IV. I could feel every time they pushed anything into my body via the IV, like there was like a pressure where the IV like entered my skin. And there, a week later, there's still a bruise on my forearm. I have no idea how people do heroin, man. Jeez. Um, I mean, that took a dark turn, but I'm just saying, like it's still bruised. I don't know how people do this. It's not comfortable. Um, and my first surgery, like surgery's wild. Like, they just strap you down to a chair and, or to a bed and strap your arms down and everything. And it was, it was crazy. So, no, I didn't enjoy either of those things. I think you, what you, you should have, you should have done it without, um, the drugs, but that's fine. It, that wasn't an option given. Well, that should have been. Um, how do you no feel thanks. about geese? How what? How do you feel about geese? So. When I see like one that's dead on the road, it bothers me. I don't. I don't like to see like these Canadian geese dead, but they suck, man. They are not nice animals. They are very protective during the nesting season, and they just in general are just not nice animals so at that's, all. That's kind of my point. We have 
uh, a nice patio at work uh, outside of our break room. And there are two geese that have been walking around there all week. And I have a feeling they're getting ready to nest. And they're also pooping all over our patio. And it's making it gross. Um, but it, it, Canadian geese, you can't do anything about them. They're, uh, they're protected species. So, that's From how Canada, I feel about geese. Eh? What'd you say? From Canada, eh? The Canadian geese, yeah. Eh? Yep. But... What you got? So, Ed, how excited are you for the Battle of Winterfell against the White Walkers? Is this one of those Game of Thorns things again? Game of Thorns, yes. No, uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not talking about it. You should get hip. I'm not going to get hip. You should get, get, get hip, hip to 90 days in. Hmm? You should get hip to 90 days in. What's that? Uh, it's where people go to jail for 90 days and do investigative stuff. Just regular hmm. people. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, my next question we were kind of already talked about, but uh, will you buy one of the Puig uh, t-shirts from Cincy Shirts? I'm not going to lie. I actually searched for it today and priced it, and I think I'm going to. It's only 25 bucks, and if you if you listen to the Cincy Shirts podcast and then find out what the code is at the end, the code word, you get 20% off. Let me know what that code is. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up for you. I was actually <laughs> listening to that on the way home today. So how, are, how excited are you to see how the Avengers fight back against Thanos alongside Captain Marvel, Ant-Man, and Hawkeye this week? All noticeably absent in Infinity War. Why are you asking me these questions? Because I don't know what you do with your time if you're not watching Game of Thrones or any Avengers movies. I play the crew too. I watch the Married at First Sight. I, I coach soccer. Um, I, I, I rebuild a, a website that gets Viagra ads on it. I, I, I do a lot of other things. I'm in the middle of starting another podcast. I mean, I do a lot of other things. Get hip. Gosh. How do you feel about hard seltzer water? Um, well, I have a fit like I don't pace myself well enough to hang with hard seltzer water. Well, okay. So don't drink it. So you're not going to drink it is what you're trying to tell me. Uh, no, I just, I don't, I drink faster than you. I think we both can attest to that. So, yeah, no, I don't, I don't do very well on hard seltzer water. Danielle doesn't like me to drink hard seltzer water if that's an option to not drink it. So you don't drink White Claws? She'd, uh, she'd rather I would drink something else like Bud Light Lime or something that is more my speed. Oh, okay. Well, then I, I guess that shoots that question out the window. Um, how do you feel about letting the kids play the letting the kids play movement? And the follow up to that would be: Do you feel like in retaliatory pitchbacks at players who have, you know, pimped a home run or something, are the pitchers being suspended long enough? Uh, no, pitchers aren't being suspended long enough. Uh, absolutely not. They're they're getting suspended for five games. That's they're they're missing one start. That's it. If they're that, not they're not even missing one start. They're yeah. being pushed. If Their that, starts are being pushed, and so they're not missing any starts. No, they're I just don't. Altering the rotation. 
I don't like it. I don't like it at all, sir. So, you think we should let the kids play? If that's what... Yeah. Absolutely, we should. So, I, I think that... You know, because Pittsburgh, after that series, you know, they w went out and said, you know, let the kids play, let the kids play. Talking like, you know, we shouldn't be ejecting anybody for anything. We right. should just be letting everybody do whatever they want to do. Now, with that all said, I don't think the pitchers are letting the guys do what they want to do. The pitchers are trying to be the guys running what's going on. And it's driving me insane. Like, you should be able, as long as you're not throwing the bat into the diamond, you should be able to do whatever you want to do with your bat. You should do whatever you want. I, these unwritten rules of baseball are ridiculous. They're antiquated and dumb. Have fun. Go out there, throw your bat. If you don't want somebody to do a bat flip or watch the ball go over the wall, don't throw them a meatball. Right. People will, better. Start, people will or, start tailgating at them. baseball games then. Uh, but apparently uh, now, I, apparently now at the Reds games, hmm? if you t apparently now at the Reds games, if you take a if you take a book bag in, they make you empty the whole book bag at security so they can check it. I'm very okay with that. So take a book bag full of dildos. That's really weird. It, well, it's, it'd be funny, I think. If you're in high school. I guess so. Um, I guess it's my turn. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit, but it's not the same subject. What are your thoughts on the new music venue that's going in at the banks, possibly? Uh, well, it's going to be way better to look at aesthetically yeah. than the concrete company. The fact that the players on the practice field for the Bengals aren't going to be inhaling concrete factory fumes... That's oh, it's nothing not near but there. a good thing. It's not near there. Hmm? It's not. It's a tech, It's in the. It's in the parking lot to the right of the stadium. Right, but where? But they got all the property from the concrete company, and that's not going to be there anymore. Right there on the river. Oh, it's going to be like parking now. Okay. So all well, that's, that's going to be gone, and it's going to be good for the players. And it's going to be good aesthetically for on the river because why do you want that big stupid concrete company there right on prime real estate where you can have anything else? Let's um, and I'm excited to see what kind of music venue, like what kind of music acts they bring in. I think it's going to be very similar to like Dayton's got a place and the, the name evades me right now. The Rose. Yeah. Uh, no, not the Rose. It's not. Is it the Rose? That little, that little small um, uh, venue. Um, that, yeah, I, I went there and saw the 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 cast from Nashville sing. Well, it's, in any case, I think they're going to be able to pull a lot of similar acts in. So we should be able to get like some nostalgic acts in that maybe are too big for, or I'm sorry, too small for a riverbend. Yeah. But good, like the type of acts that you want to see outside. Yeah, like or something. Because. Anything to have anything here that's not at U.S. Bank, I'm all for. I would agree with that 100. It's only supposed to be, it's only supposed to sit like 8,500 people, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, not huge. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Tickets should be hard to come by, and unfortunately, scalpers are going to be all over it. I'm I'm down. Let's let's let's, let's build it. So I feel like the NBA is broken, Ooh, okay. and it's not fun for me to watch right now because you have teams like Houston that shoot more threes in the regular season than they shoot actual two-point shots. Um, 
so I heard on a podcast, uh, Stupidity, this week, um, I heard a guy, a guest on the show say that he thinks that adding goaltending to the NBA would actually help fix what's broken in the NBA. Hold and on, the NBA doesn't cr- have goaltending? It's not crazy to think about adding goaltending because just a couple decades ago, goaltending was completely legal. I didn't know the NBA so, eliminated goaltending. You can't goaltend. Come on, man. Oh, I see what you're saying now. Okay, you're saying okay. I got gotcha. you. Right, so go I'm ahead. saying, I'm saying, if you let goaltending be a thing, okay, like sorry, you can sorry, goaltend yeah. in NBA games, if and only if somebody's shooting a three. Like if somebody's shooting a two, you can't goaltend. I but gotcha. I think that if you. And this isn't what this guy suggested. He thinks that gold things should just be legal all the way around. I don't think that's going to fix the NBA. But if you make it to where you can goaltend, if and only if a player is shooting a three, I think that fixes the NBA. I, I could get down with that. I, I think I could. Sorry, my dyslexia because kicked in a little bit. And I thought you were talking about like the NBA did not have a goaltending rule. And I'm like, what are you talking about? But no, no, they do. Yeah, um, yeah. but I, I just think that if you had where you know Steph Curry can't just be out there jacking up threes. James Harden can't be out there just jacking up threes because you could have 7-6 Taco Fall underneath the hoop just squatting everything down. I think he should actually adopt the Dikembe Luntambo uh, finger wag and (laughs) (laughs) um, you'd be forced to put the ball inside the arc and have people post again, have people dunk again, bring back the two. I could, I could get down with that. I totally could. So you think that's a good role to yeah. fix the NBA then? Why not? I mean, I'm sitting here watching oh. it right now, and we got Golden State versus... Who are they playing, the Clippers? Yeah. A glorified three-point contest. Speaking of three-point contests, Steph Curry. Is it my turn? Called it. Oh, yep. here it is. So, uh, Michelle and I went down to the Ohio River um, two Saturdays ago, and I saw a gentleman kayaking on the Ohio River. How much would I have to pay you to kayak on the Ohio River? Man, you couldn't, because I don't think I could swim the currents if I got tipped over on the Ohio River, oh, nor do I that. think that I'm actually good enough in a kayak to avoid the barges. Or I don't the think that's just the Ohio matter. River in, in general. I don't want to even have to launch a boat into the Ohio River. You're correct. You're correct. Closest I ever came to doing anything in the Ohio River was tubing. Ooh. Um, and I was never not on the tube. Yeah, but you still get that. That that this river is just disgusting to me. So it's gross. I'd rather do the tubing anywhere else. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think we only got a bum of the week and what's in his fridge left. Oh, I thought you had one more. All right, then let's hit the bum of the week. Because you're training like a damn bum, you know that? Bum. A bum. You are a bum. You're a bum. And that's all you'll ever be. A bum. Well, that hurts, man. Aaron, what you got? Every. Every time it gets me. That hurts, man. Um, Chris Collinsworth is my bum of the week. Oh, okay. He came out today, and he said, and is predicting, that Roger Goodell 
is going to get a standing ovation when he comes out to present the NFL draft. How does he think that's going to happen? I don't know what kind of rose-colored lenses Chris Collinsworth lives behind or what kind of yes-man this dude has become, but I got no love for Chris Collinsworth whatsoever. I think he's the worst announcer outside of maybe, like, Dan Fouts and Ian Eagle. Um, he's, he's terrible. A lot he's of people terrible. in Cincinnati are not, big, are, are not big fans of Chris Collinsworth. I don't know why he has a job. I don't know why he's able to just put out public opinion. I don't know why anybody respects his opinion. And I don't know what the hell he's talking about, thinking that Roger Goodell, in this world that we currently live in, in 2019, thinks that Commissioner Goodell is going to get a standing ovation. He says that the people in the South are different. Well, first off, that comes across as white supremacy. I'm just going to call it as I see it. Like That's the only thing that you might be different is you maybe fly some Confederate flags down there. And that's a terrible generalized statement, and I should immediately take it back, maybe edit that out. But (laughs) it's horrible for him to say that the people are different down there and they're going to cheer. No one cares for Commissioner Goodell. He's awful. And it's crazy to think that he thinks that people are actually going to stand up and cheer just because you have three people doing it out of the whole crowd doesn't mean that's standing ovation get out of here not happening bum <laughs> you threw me off completely on that one all right i mean that's a good bum but here's my bum um and i've changed it um because i, I forgot i, I screenshot this uh my bum of the week is the uh orioles of the mlb um they wore um, Braille uniforms. Um, <laughs> the, the, the uniforms spelled Orioles in dots and their names in dots in the back. I don't think uh, the Orioles understand how Braille works. Um, you don't think that the blind the blind people who are watching the game could read their Braille jerseys? I don't think they could. I don't think they could read it. No. Um, the only way that's going to work is if you're going to let them come out on the field and and, and feel up your chest. Um, Correct. So I, I think they were. That's also not allowed. No, you're right. They'll tackle you. They don't care if you're blind Correct. or not. Um, no. This is. Um, I I think I think it was a, a good thing gone bad. A good thing gone bad. I think that it was the it was it was paved with good intentions. There was good intentions, um, but just not a hundred percent thought through. No, not even a little bit. Yeah. I think you should also mention your other bum of the week. Well, my other bum of the week, um, and I will, uh, I will, I'll pull it up for just a minute. Um, so there is a person in. Um, we don't talk politics very often. We we try not to. Um, but this one kind of goes along with almost a year ago, almost a year ago this month, um, when you when we started the bum of the week, um, and your very first bum uh, was from Chicago, a uh, Mister uh, Anthony Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. Um, so the bum of the week here is going to be Stephen Moore. Um, the president's expected Federal Reserve nominee. Um, and here's what Mr. Stephen Moore had to say about Cincinnati. Well, let's talk about, let's, let's start with Chicago. I mean, I'm biased, but Chicago is a world 
class city, right? I mean, it, it, there is no reason Chicago is not the Hong Kong of the Midwest, the United States. I mean, uh, you know, it's a parochial thing to say, but if you live in the Midwest, where else do you want to live besides Chicago, right? You don't want to live in Cincinnati or Cleveland or, you know, these, you know, armpits of America like that. You want to live in Chicago, right? And, well, Excuse me, sir. Um, Cincinnati is not the armpit of America. Um, first of all, you look like an armpit. Um, and, and quit putting your hands on the armpits like you're the girl from the rock star movie. Um, Chicago uh, it will never become the Hong Kong of America, whatever the hell that means. Um, second of all... It's so cold there in the winter. Are you kidding me? Your town has not been relevant uh, since the Chicago Bulls in the 90s. Um, uh, the, the Cubs won the World Series. I don't care. That ago. doesn't count. They're bums. Um, also, you produced Kanye West, and, and well, that just hurts everything actually you know what? i'm not i don't hate kanye west i actually kind of like kanye you could west. you could counter that with chance the rapper i kind of okay yeah chance the rapper no i, mean, I don't think and fallout boy i don't think i hate them either hmm, you're but, welcome yeah okay you have a giant time. bean but guess what we have a giant ferris wheel that people so do, they. do it in so do they except theirs is bigger and permanent at the navy pier Oh, yeah, they do. I've been there. I forgot. Okay, Chicago is kind of cool, but we're not the armpit <laughs> of America. All right? <laughs> Jerk. I'm not voting for you. I can tell you that right now. All right, man. I'm not voting What's for What's the next fridge? I'm not voting for him. It is now time for everyone's favorite segment. What is in Ed's fridge? So I wasn't expecting to have to do this from home. So I don't have a a local. What I have is Pacifico Cerveza. You ever had Pacifico? Did you stop at that Thornton's over by your house? No. Oh, okay. I got this uh, liquor store. Okay. I have never had a Pacifico Cerveza before. It's pretty good. It's a... Brewed and bottled in Mexico and imported. I could have guessed that. Um, and mine's got a line. That's what I'm sipping on. I'm not even going to bother reading anything because I'm not even sure it's entirely in English. Maybe it is. But I can't find any of the fun stuff that we find on craft beers. Okay. Well, what I picked up uh, was from the Braxton Labs. Um, it is a coffee brown ale with the starter coffee uh, that they serve there at their at their brewery. Because um, you can you can hang out at that place all day long. Um, uh, they is, have a they this year is their first year with the uh, outside deck, right? Like the rooftop. Is that finished? I believe that it's supposed to be by the summer anyway. All right, then I can I can accept that. What is Ovarsity? talking about right now anyways um i'm trying to get them behind the hashtag but this is a uh chocolate coffee vanilla roasted with a full body cream and this is braxton labs which is located in um the party source um downtown the actual beer huh 
Is the name of the beer Braxton Labs? No, they have a because um, they came to our office last year and talked to us. Um, they have a small, smaller brewery, I guess you can call it, um, in the back of um, Party Source where Eight Ball Brewery used to be, and it's a place where they, uh, when they come up with these crazy ideas for beers, um, they'll brew them in very small batches there. Um, and get kind of an idea of how, first of all, how it tastes. And second of all, if the public likes it, um, and then if it's really accepted by the public, then they'll go ahead and move that into their larger production over there in Covington. Um, so that's a little history behind the Braxton labs. Um, so I'll give this a shot. Okay. So, you know, I'm a big fan of coffee beers, right? Yep. Okay. I have not had a coffee beer this good since I had um, the Wooly Moly from Taft Ale House. This tastes like I am drinking coffee. Like, this is dangerous. Like, this tastes like a cold hmm. coffee. Like, if I was to order an iced coffee, this tastes like it. Do you like iced coffee? I do. Every once in a while, I do. Hmm. All right. Smooth vanilla, creamy... Oh, topped off with a half a pound of barrel of our signature starter coffee. We talked about that. Never mind. Yeah, no, this is really good beer. Um, I hope they. I hope they do release this. This is a good beer. I have one for you too. Can't wait. You shouldn't wait. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's it for the show tonight thanks for sticking around with us as long as you have as this was not a short podcast unfortunately when we uh go uh with a short break in between weeks uh, this is what happens but um don't forget to you can check us out at ptp podcast cincy on twitter at pardon the punctuation on facebook at pardon the punctuation on youtube at pardon underscore the underscore punctuation on instagram um, that's all I can remember off the top of my head, www.pardonthepunctuation.wix.com forward slash somewhere in there. Yeah. And remember, um, I tweeted out, um, we are on a new hosting platform. We're giving this hosting platform a shot. Um, so far I really like it. Um, and if for some reason our show does not show up in your normal app that it has before, just Please shoot us, let us know. Yeah. Just shoot us a message on Twitter or uh, Facebook, and I'm getting those added actually pretty, pretty quickly. So um, everything that I had on my phone has updated, so hopefully I didn't I didn't miss anything. So, Also, one last thing. If you want uh, to be a sponsor for us, we would love to have some sponsorships. Uh, we come pretty cheap, so if you have any ideas on uh, sponsoring Pardon the Punctuation, give us a shout at pardonthepunctuation at gmail.com. And we'll be entertaining any and all offers of um, sponsorship, serious offers anyway, of sponsorship, because uh, we'd like to continue to grow this thing for you. So, so anything you can do to help us out would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, because I, I, the only, I want to do me on the ads. So there. All right. Well, that just got weird for everybody. Good. With that being said, I'm Aaron. I'm Ed. He's Ed. We out. <laughs>